Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of 2016 of the Made of Things podcast. I am your host, Antonio Maria Correa, uh, who has a bit of a cold. I'm, why am I speaking of myself in the third person? That's not a New Year's resolution. Uh, you know, I'm recording this on the day after David Bowie died. Uh, his spirits did rise and step aside. Uh, those news have been confirmed. I did not mean to start off the year... All joking aside, all joking a salad, all joking a salad. Comedy Bang Bang fans, um, I did not mean to start off the year by doing another sort of eulogy on the show, uh, so I'm not going to do that because you know uh, we, it's been a lot about death in the past uh, months, I guess. Uh, so to start off the new year, I guess I don't mean to focus on too much of David Bowie's death because we've all been uh, pretty much you know dedicated to that subject all over uh, our attention uh, spans, I guess, in the past few days. So and everybody knows how amazing David Bowie was. So I'm just going to tell you a lesser known fact about Uncle. Dave. Okay, so on top of being one of the best we've ever had, uh, Uncle Dave also did a countless number of things for music in general, one of which was rescuing Uncle Bob Fripp from a lifetime as a retired musician uh, when Uncle Dave drove down to pick Uncle Bob up from uh, digging in the trenches under the rain at 5am or something in a Gurdjieff F. Camp back in 1977, which was like this sort of spiritual uh, cleansing camp Uncle Bob was attending. So David Bowie got Robert Fripp out of the trenches and made him record the guitar parts on Heroes and that guitar part on the album, I mean, and uh, that guitar part on the song Heroes was the first thing Robert Fripp recorded after his absence. And, you know, that is only one of the most immediately identifiable guitar parts of all time. So we got that and uh, lots more years of King Crimson, and all the other gems Robert Fripp played on the Bowie records. Um, so, you know, uh, thanks again, David Bowie. Uh, I might get back to talking about David Bowie another time, but for now, I just wanted to say uh, this. You know, it's like he's always been around, and I hope that forever he will be, you know? Okay, so we are in 2016 now, and this is the first time we've ever crossed a year here on Made of Things. We've been absent for a while, but now we're back. And this week on the show, we have Matthew Murphy of the Wombats. I tried interviewing Wombats before, but it didn't really work out, uh, because I don't really understand, you know, Wombats. You know, but can they understand me? Can I ever understand the Wombat? Or may I ever understand the Wombat? Hmm. If you aren't aware of what a wombat is, then I will tell you. The wombat is a little pudgy marsupial, but it isn't as well known as, say, the kangaroo or the koala. In fact, wombats are fans of cuddling and snuggling and are very open to you just walking up to them and petting them and being cute. Koalas may be more famous and they may also be adorable, but they are little motherfuckers that need to just be constantly stoned in order to not attack you and not be all pissy-like. Much like movie stars. Here I go, Hollywood. 
As most marsupials, wombats come from Australia, but haven't stayed there at all ever since the Great Wombat Migration, this is the GWM, of 1986. Wombats went to America and settled there, and these days you can find them all over the streets of New York City, though you will still have to look closely. Other than being stumpy little creatures, wombats have developed social skills, such as increased adorability or picking up on social cues, and they are now even more capable of love. They have also developed professional skills. Wombats are excellent at desk jobs. Believe me, bring a wombat to the workplace and you will never again be bored by accounting. So your task of the day as a listener is to Google image the word wombat and see how long it takes you to go do something else. And then come back to me on Twitter or Facebook. I bet that will be at least a handful of weeks. At least a handful of weeks. Or instead Google image David Bowie Wombat. I'm actually pretty curious about that now, so you get back to me with the results. Okay, so back to our guests. Uh, I interviewed Murph of the Wombats back at Nasa Live this past summer over here in Lisbon, Portugal. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, let's start off the year with a look back at 2015, which is the bona fide best way to start off the year, or any year. Imagine if you started 1877, looking back at 2015. That was perfect. Uh, in reverse world, I guess. Um, this is always the most awesome of options, uh, which would be great if that were true. Actually, 2015 was really shitty, but not in terms of music, thankfully. In terms of music, it was actually very much an excellent year. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to list my top 25 records of 2015 and with each entry I will be playing you a very, 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 tiny clip, but not incomprehensibly tiny, of a song on said record. So here we go, starting off at 25, we have the Wombats, luckily enough, with Glitterbug. Isabel, I'm much better, Isabel, when you're ripping my life apart. I think it's you that's the true rock star around here. Okay, so our guests on the show this week actually put out what I find to be a fantastic pop record. Uh, moving a little bit away from their previous sound, but not too much. Uh, I recommend the beautiful Isabel, the rocking uh, English Summer, and the album starter Emoticons. Okay, so at number 24, it's One No Tricks Point Never, Garden of Delete. It's pretty weird to me that I have Dan Lopatin's uh, latest album on this list, considering it is for sure my least favorite record of his, but it is still pretty amazing to me what he does with no traditional percussion. Plus, he's always really, really creative, so it's interesting to me. Okay, so at number 23, it's Thunder and Co. with Nociceptor. Okay. 
Okay, so a little disclaimer here. Uh, Thunder and Co., and that's not Thunder and Company, it's really Thunder and Co., uh, is a Portuguese band, and they're some of my best friends, and we've been, you know, very good friends since... Uh, since college really but I really do think that Rodrigo has written his best song yet with the one you just heard uh, which is called Oh No okay so at number 22 we have Bad Bad Not Good and Ghostface Killer with Sour Soul Evil emotions it seems like my mind's playing tricks for me I have vision of great niggas do a mix for me sinister I drag niggas off to the dark side I sent Ichabod Crane on his horse ride this might be on the list because I got to Bad Bad Not Good this year only. Uh, nevertheless, it is always really great to hear Ghostface, especially fronting such a good group of musicians. At number 21, we have Tribulation, Children of the Night. maybe Tribulation are going to be a bit ridiculous. No way, dude. This is way goth and way awesome. <laughs> to me, this is pretty much Castlevania if it was a band. So, thumbs up to the guys from Sweden. At number 20, we have Faith No More with Sol Invictus. Guys, Faith No More was my favorite band back when I was a kid, you know, in 1992 or something, and uh, I've loved them ever since. It is common opinion that they're sounding like they never went away, and pretty much I agree. So all the Faith No More I can have, please. At number 19, we have Mac McCon with Non-Believers. Mac was on the show a couple of episodes ago, and he's always been awesome, as the leader of Superchunk and the boss of uh, Merge Records. And now he's awesome as a solo artist. Uh, Non-Believers got me more hooked than I expected, and the best track for me is the album closer, Come Upstairs, which you just heard as well. Okay, so at number 18, we have Liturgy with Arcwork. <laughs> Okay, so Liturgy seemed to have fallen into this sort of black hole of not being cool anymore, uh, which is what most people seem to believe right now. Uh, I disagree. I listened to this record quite a lot uh, last year, and I'm pretty much, you know, for the vast quantities of light that shine from it, and I also don't mind the bells at all. What you should put in perspective, though, is that this is not black metal per se, but more like black metal, which is in fact white. You know, white metal. It's, it's what it is to me. Much like, you know, Death Heaven were pink metal uh, with the pre previous record of a few years ago. Uh, so, if you're not into that, it's fine. You know, you like what you like. So, at number 17, we have Tyler, the Creator, with Cherry Bomb. It's been a few years since everything the Odd Future Gang, or, you know, 
Wolfgang in this case, uh, you know, everything they seem to put out uh, seems to be really good, <laughs> really. You know, Earl Sweatshirt could have been on this list, but I still might enjoy Tyler just that little bit more. You know, I think because of the playfulness, I think, or just the melodies. I just, I don't know, I, I, I just really like Tyler, the creator, and I think this is another excellent work of his, you know. So, uh, at number 16, we have the OCs with Mutilator defeated at last. Well, I don't really have much to say about John Dwyer's band, uh, apart from, uh, you know, I get the feeling that you don't really ever get them uh, until you see them live. And, you know, this album has all the makings of a new classic. At number 15, we have Between the Buried and Me, with Coma Ecliptic. This isn't even the best Between the Buried and Me uh, album for my taste, uh, and that would be uh, Parallax 2, and I'm not even too crazy for progressive metal as a genre. Uh, also, this album sounds a bit operatic, and there's only a really a handful of bands which have ever sounded operatic, and most of them is Queen, uh, and I hate Queen. So, for some reason, this album speaks to me, and uh, I think it does because Between the Buried and Me really are great. So, hats off to you guys. At number 14, we have Miss Perming. Uh, I think that's how it's pronounced. Uh, and I'm not sure because it's Icelandic and I don't speak Icelandic. So, And I should have gone on YouTube to hear the pronunciation, but I didn't. So, uh, And I don't have any internet access now, so... I don't know. So that's how we're, that's how it's going to go down, guys. And the album title, I have no I have no idea how to to pronounce this, but it's like Songvar Elds Og Oreikusu. I have no idea. Oreio, uh, maybe audio, maybe that maybe that's that that's it. And this is at number fourteen. These guys from Iceland seem to have tried to make the most paradigmatic black metal album of all time. And that's what it sounds to me, at least, uh, to my ears. So, you know, what it's uh, ended up sounding is very, 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 very super cool. This is, you know, pretty much an awesome record. At number 13, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard with Paper Mache Dream Balloon. For this album, I ended up choosing a pretty folky tune uh, for what is a essentially an insane band. But it just goes to show how much talented they are as songwriters, and also that they're not just an all-out uh, psychedelic jam band. Uh, so I think this proves a point. And uh, plus, it's really beautiful, really. Uh, so at number twelve, High on Fire with Luminiferous. High on 
Fireer, led by Matt Pike, uh, who seems to be a crazy person. And this album pretty much kicks ass from start to finish. So at, that's all I have on <laughs> High on Fire. Uh, at 11, Trico with the album And. These girls from Japan are on their second record, and if you're into angular compositions with pop sensibilities, this is the band for you. So, math rock to everyone, guys. So, at number 10, and now we're entering the top 10, we have Dan Deacon with Gliss Riffer. We already had Dan on the show just a couple of episodes ago, and he was just great and, and hilarious and uh, very creative, as are all of his records. This new album has a track called Feel the Lightning, which really hit me hard. So, also, it has fantastic lyrics all around, and uh, just, you know, a really, I guess, original way of putting everything into words and sounds. And that's been Dan Deacon for the longest time, you know. At number nine, we have another excellent lyricist and that is Jenny Val with the album Apocalypse Girl So if you like great lyrics and people who are actually saying something, you know, that's current and uh, progressive, uh, check out Jenny Val. And a little spoiler uh, for future episodes, we'll be having her on the show very soon. So check out Made of Things podcast as you already are. Good job. At number eight, we have Courtney Barnett. Sometimes I sit and think and sometimes I just sit. This album isn't really a surprise, as it made most of people's best records lists, I think. And Courtney Barnett really brings that 90s indie rock feel back. And I've actually interviewed her before, and, you know, lovely girl. I've actually interviewed a lot of people on this list, actually. Uh, this isn't a brag, this is just information. And um, I can't wait to see her again uh, later this summer. Uh, she'll be coming back to Portugal, so we'll see how... You know, that goes. And um, at number seven, we have another talented woman. This is Carly Rae Jepsen with Emotion. This, to me, is one of the best pure pop albums of the year. I would say that Carly Rae, actually I have been saying this quite a lot, but uh, I actually would say that Carly Rae pulled a Tay-Tay. Tay-Tay, of course, being Taylor Swift. And this is a mention, of course, to Taylor Swift's album of last year, uh, which was uh, outstanding. And, uh, you know, I've always liked uh, pop records, whatever the sort, and uh, anti-pop records, whatever the sort, and nothing to do with pop whatsoever records, and um, something to do with pop records. 
whatsoever, I guess. And, uh, you know, this record really deserves uh, the attention, I think. Uh, also, I can't wait for Sky Ferreira coming up uh, in a few months with the new album. So that's that's exciting. At number six, Kamasi Washington with The Epic. Well, I can't really pick a favorite song or bit of music since the album is uh, very extensive, uh, but this is a really impressive album, and I found this while visiting a friend back in London uh, a few months ago. So, you know, thanks for showing me this. This is awesome. And I never heard of him, so, um, you know, he was on everyone's list, pretty much. So, you know, I guess this is accessible jazz. Uh, I don't need things to be accessible, but it's a very impressive piece of work, man. So, congratulations, Kamasi. Uh, at number five, we have Siz. I think that's how it's said. It's like six, Latin six. Um, the prestigious Angelorum. <laughs> So this is my favorite black metal album of last year. Possibly my favorite metal album of last year, uh, period. Uh, these guys are from France, and uh, they're doing to black metal what Dillinger Escape Plan did to metalcore or hardcore metal or, <laughs> I don't know, uh, something metal. So, you know, maybe that's not completely correct. Maybe I'm going out, you know, this is stretching things a bit. But, you know, this band does show incredible variety for uh, the black metal genre. And I think this is a pretty amazing and uh, really stunning album. At number four, we have Pega Monstro with Alpha Rouba. Now this most likely sounded like gibberish if you're not Portuguese, but I trust me, uh, even if you're Portuguese, it does kind of sound like gibberish because you can't really tell the lyrics most of the time. Uh, Pega Monstro is a Portuguese band, and uh, what the two girls have done here is most likely the best dirty sounding indie album in Portuguese history. Um, no exaggeration here, this is really fucking amazing. So, um, you know, you should check out lyrics and use Google Translate or whatever to better understand the lyrics and get some odd uh, translations, I guess, uh, akin to something like, I'm white as snow, yeah, I've got myself a fucking problem. This in Portugal is pretty much unheard of till now. Okay, so at number three, we have Titus Andronicus with The Most Lamentable Tragedy. Okay, so to me, Titus Andronicus went fucked up. 
I mean the band fucked up. You always have to say the band fucked up. We covered this with them. You know, with Jonah the other time. Um, a few episodes back. You know, I really like the new epic Titus Andronicus and this direction they're taking. Uh, also, I saw them live a couple of weeks ago. And try not to miss out because it's a really, really killer show. So moving on to number two, we have Everything Everything Would Get to Heaven. Well, if you know me, this isn't really a surprise, uh, as I've been a fan of Everything Everything since the first single. To be honest, I don't really love the first few songs on it, uh, which is weird uh, considering uh, that I've always loved everything they've done, even the you know B sides and hidden tracks and stuff like that. They've always been li I've always loved this band, uh, you know. But I understand why these tracks are here and why they're starting the album off this way. I guess it's more you know accessible. Uh, set of songs, I would imagine. You know, but the album quickly turns brilliant and uh, just becomes more and more amazing. This is a band for people who love really intricate melodies and intricate lyrics, and I'm glad that uh, Jonathan uh, Higgs has really uh, gone back to a more intricate style of writing uh, songs and lyrics. I guess they achieved this balance between what they tried to do in previous records and the result is amazing and I can't wait to see where they go next, really. Uh, but I'm still, for now, enjoying this album very, very much. So here's a shout-out to Jonathan. Hey, man. <laughs> How are you? Uh, okay, so at number one, we have Speedy Ortiz with Foil Deer. Okay, so I don't want to get too conceptual or trite with this, uh, so I won't get into descriptions, but Sadie Dupuis is one of the rawest composers in rock music today, I would say. Both lyrically and uh, the and with the guitar parts, and it's just like, um, it's, it's pavement referenced, but it's not... Uh, really really close to pavement if you're as deeply connected to the band as I am and know the and as they are which is obvious but then I don't think they really sound alike this is one great album and you should get to it when you get the chance also you should get to it when you don't get the chance hmm Okay, so that's my top 25 records. Uh, there's stuff that almost made it, or that I still need to listen to more, uh, you know, a few more times. Uh, such as, uh, you know, Lightning Bolt could have been on there. Uh, Earl Sweatshirt, as I mentioned, could have been on there. I didn't listen to the John Spencer Blues Explosion album, but I've pretty much always liked them, so that could have been something. Uh, Kendrick Lamar, uh, Jan Sint-Werner from, uh, from Mouse on Mars, that had a, a solo album uh, in 2015. Um, Steve Hackett, my buddy Steve Hackett, uh, ex-Genesis. Uh, Tobias Jesso Jr., who was on the show, excellent album. Uh, Author and Punisher, this weird metal ba uh, guy from somewhere. Um, Built to Spill, always a classic. Uh, Glockenwise, this Portuguese band who are really cool and had a really, really good album. And Mgla, I think that's what it's called, this Polish band from, um, from Poland. That's a surprise. 
Okay, so finally we get to the interview. Uh, we have on the show this week Matthew Murphy, or better known as Murph, or worser known as Murph, uh, I guess, uh, from the Wombats. So enjoy the conversation, guys. Good, thank you. Yeah, not bad. Not uh, bad, yeah. Well, I got a haircut and I can't get my head around it. <laughs> I asked, I was just like, oh, fuck it, let's do something different. And then all day today, I'm like, like I, I'm so confused. <laughs> when, when, when did you get your haircut? The day before yesterday. Okay, so it's been it's sinking in still. Yeah, I can't, I can't get over uh, I don't know what to do. I'm very, very, fine, very though. beside myself. No, it's just okay. Yeah, yeah. It's fine, it's fine. I don't know, I'm not, not, not sure. Did you usually have uh, uh, many uh, hair care uh, in your life, I guess? Uh, not really, quite the opposite. Oh. Yeah, I never really liked going to get my hair cut, but mm. I decided the other day that I wanted something different, mm-hmm. and, um, I, and now I'm trying to live with it, but mm-hmm. I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like people uh, think that... You, your hair was expertly styled or rather the opposite like have you gotten uh, people saying like oh you must have uh, oh to get your hair looking like that you must you know really be dedicated you know no don't I never did anything really <laughs> whereas now it's shorter and probably more manageable I'm even more stressed out trying to find new ways to control it whereas in the old yeah, yeah a few weeks ago I wasn't trying to control it uh-huh. does, does it affect your your gigs in any way if I think it's gonna honestly <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I think it's gonna, but we'll see. We'll uh-huh. see. My girlfriend really likes it. Okay. My parents like it. Um, but yeah. Well, it's it's, it's certainly influential, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Because you know, yeah. if your girlfriend is into it, you know. You That's get, good. Uh, yeah, I'm possibly shifting my whole stance on the whole thing. Yes. Yeah. 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 Right, right. yeah exactly. Um, you've uh, you've uh, I've actually this is we'll start with the old stuff because this, I've uh, I was into your first album uh, because I was really listening to MTV2 at the time and you guys had a lot of airplay at the time. Yeah. Um, uh, do you th- feel that, for instance, uh, MTV2 has a uh, I don't know if it still exists in the UK. We don't I get don't, it anymore. I don't know if it does. Okay, okay. Because it, it was so. relevant at the oh, time. You maybe know? MTV Rocks now. Oh, oh, because it shifted. Yeah, uh, I yeah, think so. Sure, sure, but sure, I don't sure. know if anyone watches it. Okay, because because uh, it used to be good. You know, yeah. do you feel that anything has taken its place? You know. If it was special at all, you know. No, I remember watching MTV, t- MTV Two. Yeah, you guys were on a lot. Yeah, 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 there was lots of like cool bands and stuff. But uh-huh. now, but now I don't even. I, I wouldn't go to a TV to watch music really. Uh-huh. But yeah, I don't know. No, this is. I was just asking because uh, one thing since uh, since moving to New York was in my mind was was this guy actually moving to New York at all? You know, at a, uh, at any point? Did yeah. you? No. Okay. No. So never. it's only fictional. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But I have been to New York a lot. But okay. never, um, uh, I've never thought about moving there. I, I, London is stressful enough as it is. I think New York might be one step above that, and I think I'd rather go one step below that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, how's your sleep at the moment? Uh, varying from good to bad. Yeah. Oh, really? Do you have trouble <laughs> with your sleep? <laughs> yes. Yes. And I told everyone in uh, a song. <laughs> so we're all aware. Actually, we're, we're all concerned. I'm sure. Yes. Like, so. No. 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 I slept well last night. Yeah. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. Cool. When did you guys? Right, uh, like nine ten p.m. last okay. night. Yeah. Okay, okay, 
uh, the new album is called uh, Glitterbug. Uh, did you know there's like this apparatus of hand hygiene in the US called Glitterbug? Is there? Yes, it's That's very great. corny looking. <laughs> it's very tacky. Oh wow! No, I did not. I didn't know that. No, there, there, yeah. there is. You just Google uh, the, 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 the like Glitterbug because yeah. I was thinking like, what is a Glitterbug? Uh, is, it, is it a word in English? Uh, did no. you make it up? Did you made it, make it up? Yeah, I just made it up. Yeah. Okay, okay. Because yeah. I was thinking it was like this. Uh, what's it called? Uh, Firefly. Okay, right. Okay, I was yeah. imagining. Oh, maybe maybe that's an English word, British word for uh, for firefly. Yeah. But, so I googled the thing, and the one of the well, the, the thing that comes up is your album first, okay. and then there's this purpley thing where you put your hands inside, and it's it's basically a hand sanitizer or something. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> I was in Paris and I saw this um, uh, little insect on the floor, and it had a shiny, you know. Multicolored kind of shell, oh. and I was like, looks like a glitter bug or whatever. And then I was like, shit, there's a great, there's a good song title, and then that song title then became an album title. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, about song titles, or not so, not so much song titles, but for instance, uh, there's a lot of uh, your album is packed full of great songs. I think it's possibly my favorite album of oh, yours. Great. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome, thank uh, you. and thank you for, for <laughs> allowing me to enjoy something. Uh, but uh, but um, for instance, uh, English Summer is a great track. Yeah. Really rocking, and uh, um, do you feel like that's an oxymoron in itself? The uh, uh, what? The song or the title? No, the title. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, well, I guess I think of the English summer as a very kind of almost like an Indian summer. It's like a very uh, kind of heavy, oh. uh, heavy or wet kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Okay. It okay. doesn't really have a summer, I don't think. Well, to be honest, it was fucking hot back there last week. Oh. So yeah. But that was my point exactly. Like, is there summer in England at all? Uh, Brighton, kind of, right? Yeah, there is. Generally, July it rains, and August is uh, is pretty good. Mm. June is okay. Okay, okay. The, the English summer lasts for a very small amount of time. It may already be over. Kind of like a week and a half. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, okay. So, and um, you have another song, another great song called Isabel. Uh, do you feel like? First of all, is that literal? And second, uh, so so is there someone actually named Isabel who who the song is about, yeah. whom the song is about, or who the song is about? Um, but he, uh, do you find that? Uh, secondly, uh, are Isabels actually rock stars? Because these Isabels I know are tend to be. Oh really? Yes. That's interesting. Um, no, I don't know. I do. There is kind of an Isabel, but it's not really about her. Um, and the song had a different. It had a different title and a different chorus lyric, and then we kind of changed it the last minute. And because all the other songs were kind of about this fictitious character, um, I decided that maybe it was cool to just have a female name. Uh -huh. And I did, and I decided that Isabel was probably classier than. Um, I don't know. Uh, another name. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's, uh, so it's uh, an intention of sorts. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Sure. Uh, I'm sorry. Okay, it's just finish it off, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So, okay. Um, so I'm sorry because we're actually running yeah. out of time for you guys. Uh, but uh, so, made it, so this is actually going on a podcast called Made of Things. Uh, it's uh, based on the assumption that uh, uh, something you heard or or watched or read made you dedicate yourself to music and to have a, having a career. Did you have this moment, and what was it? Um. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe when I, I used to listen to really dreadful dance music when I was a kid, and then um, I heard Creep by Radiohead oh. on one, um, one New Year's Eve, 
not really the greatest songs to be listening to on New Year's Eve, but I kept making people play it over and over again. I think it was then that I really kind of um, was drawn into the world of being in a band, bands and songs and songwriting and lyrics and words and all that shit. And I think that was probably my moment when I was like, I want to do that. Okay, cool. That's that's awesome. I, th- yeah. I you know I think people share some sometimes these yeah. things. Uh, just one last thing. Like, yeah. is there because you have the song emoticons, and it's actually more against emoticons uh, than for emoticons, I guess. But so, is there one particular emoticon which you uh, this is an assumption, but which you uh, would like to My point favorite. out as no, your you know the opposite, your the, your least favorite? Uh, I don't really have a least favorite. So uh, then, what's your favorite? Probably the smiley, the smiling with the tears. Okay. I hate that one. S- <laughs> stupid. Um, but my favorite one is the kind of just the wide mouth. The, yes. That's my favorite emoticon because that can apply to every single situation in life. Sure. You, you can people think, oh well, it can be like a happy thing. You can say, oh, you know, someone's just died, like that. It's just it's perfect. Kind of cringy. Yeah, it's kind of cringy. Kinda yeah, kinda cringy. I, I like. It doesn't it. really smile, right? It applies to weddings, birthdays, <laughs> bar mitzvahs, funerals. Rules applies to the whole thing. <laughs> being, uh, being drunk and stuff. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks for your time. No problem. Thanks. 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 Nice to meet you. Nice, nice meeting you. Thank hope you. Uh, you come back to Portugal soon. Yes, then. I hope so too. Because it's, it's been it's been a uh, That's all the time we had with Matthew Murphy of the Wombats. I hope you enjoyed that. That was pretty fun. Uh, I hope we can talk to him again at some point. Um, they were on tour, and this is right before the show, so they were in a bit of a rush. Uh, so we ended up having just a little conversation, but still fun. I hope you still enjoyed it, and I hope you come back next week, uh, or maybe even sooner. Um, even though I tend to promise this, or tease you with this, and then it doesn't happen. So, hey... New Year, maybe I can keep my promises. So, um, I've been laying off the sweets so far. Maybe I can pull this off. Hmm. Okay, guys, so don't forget to follow Made of Things on all the social media. It's Made of Things Pod on Twitter. And uh, check out the Facebook page. And uh, download the episodes uh, on WordPress. And go on iTunes. And subscribe and leave comments. And show me all the love you have in your hearts and somewhere else. So, see you guys next week. Or maybe even sooner. Bye!